welcome to the Yoga Teacher Circle podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Ray, yoga teacher. You are needed now more than ever, and your unique voice, message, and offering needs to be shared with the world. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things related to teaching yoga to help you thrive doing what you love most, teaching yoga. So let's dive in. So stoked to have you here today on the Yoga Teacher Circle podcast. Wow, Jill, we go way back. We like, go like decades. I wanted like, like I sound for 20 years, but at least a decade. Yeah, I was going to say like 10 to 13 years maybe mm-hmm. because I knew you before I got sober, right. which is nine years, and I knew you for a little chunk of time. I agree. Yeah. Because we really built our relationship once you came back from New York and you got sober and all of that. So it was like we knew each other, but like the good relationship and us really spending more time together came later. Later in the relationship. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, that's right. You knew me before I went to New York for my first training. That is crazy. That's wild. And now you literally a yoga superstar. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love you. Well, I've gotten to watch your journey too over like what 12 ish years and watching you grow has been freaking amazing. You are up to some powerful things in this world. Like what is happening? Oh, and you know, what's funny. It's I'm sure at some point in your journey, you probably asked yourself the question, like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, what is my purpose? And I truly believe like every, every experience that you encounter, whether that's a job, whether that's a career, whether that's going through yoga teacher training, getting sober, whatever that is, it's a part of your journey to get to your purpose. Yeah. And I feel like you're living it. I'm living it. And we found it a lot sooner than a lot of people, or maybe we're just more self-aware. Who knows? But it's been really cool to say like, we've got, we've snaked this life (laughs) to get here. Um, And I've certainly done, I've certainly done a lot of things to finally say, this is definitely where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And I want, I love that you shared that because that's where I want to go in a minute is kicking it off with your story. And before we start there, I just want to say what you do in like a little nutshell, because we're going to dive deeper into that real soon. So yeah, you are the co-founder with another human that I love so much, um, Mary. I will say her name. I love Mary. So yeah, two of you founded Girls Mentorship, which is really just like such powerful work. And you're helping teen girls, so middle and high school age girls, right? right? Build confidence and really just learn how to step into themselves and learn and grow personal development skills, confidence, all the things that every every single teen girl needs, every human needs. So it's like every human needs. Every yeah. Human, yeah. And we're gonna talk about that soon in more detail. But I want to backtrack a minute. Like, how did you even get to this point? What's your story? Where did it start? And what inspired you to actually begin working with teen girls? Oh man, that's such a loaded question. How long do we have? We got time, girl. We got time. Okay, let's start with your story, though, and then we'll get to the point of today. Perfect. Okay, so I'm going to take you guys back to when I was 17, because I really feel like that's where it unfolded for me. And my parents got divorced when I was a little bit older. So when I went off to college was when they told me that they were getting divorced. So I was 17, about to turn 18. And it was the summer before I was heading. I'm from Colorado um, and came to school at ASU. So it was the summer before going to Arizona. And um, I just remember my mom, like just, she took the divorce so hard. They were married for 25 years. She really got wrapped up in my dad being her everything. So his friends were her friends. And um, our church community was... um, I almost like sided with my dad. And so she felt very alone. She had to start all over. She had no idea how to manage her money. She didn't know where her money was going. So she was really starting to reimagine what her life looked like as a single woman. And I, as a 17 year old budding woman, um, was noticing like, whoa, my mom, who was my rock and my hero growing up is now becoming a beginner again. And where she started to really 
really start to kind of come into herself was when she went to yoga. So she went to yoga and she was like, come with me. And although I was like too busy chasing boys and my hanging out with my friends, I was like, that was, that was, that was like our time together. Even though we weren't talking, we were connected through our breath and movement. So at 17, I found yoga and I didn't even know the impact that it would have had on my life. So fast forward to um, me graduating from ASU and I um, got into um, radio marketing, which that was hilarious. I, I didn't know. Calling, calling. I, w- I worked for Kiss FM, honey. I of course for you did. But- But that was in 2008, right when the recession hit. So I got this big girl job. I was so excited. And then I lost my job within six months. So I, again, went to my map. And um, I feel like this is where you and I, like our world started to collide about 2008. Started going to At One Yoga and needed some time to figure out what the heck I wanted to do and um, figuring out my life. I was like, oh my God, I just got fired and I'm terrible and awful. But then I went to my mat. I just remembered my mat was always my place. And I remember, I remember this woman in front of me in a class and she was wearing these really cute pants. And I asked her after class, which you're totally not supposed to like focus on anybody else in the room besides yourself. But I was like, ooh, ooh, squirrel. Um, I asked her after class, where but those pants are so cute. And she told me about Lululemon. And Lulu, what? Where is this at? And I had no idea what this company or um what these pants were about. So I went home that night and I remember just spending hours re- researching about the company. And there was a shop that was opening up, like a real store, not just a showroom. And I wanted to work there. So I applied, I got hired. And um, so that was, gosh, that was in, did I get hired in 2011? No, I think it was, I can't even remember. I was there for eight years. Yeah. I feel like, did I, I feel like I only met you when you were at Lululemon. When I was at Lululemon. Yes. We had some yoga friends. So I worked for the company and that's where I was like, cool. I get to blend my love of yoga and I'm starting to learn about personal development because the company really stood for that. So they are very big on personal growth, vision and goals, yoga, mindfulness. So for eight years, I just ate it all up. I learned how to run a business. I learned how to manage a team. I learned about the power of community. And I got to do yoga at all the cool studios throughout the Valley. I traveled around the world with them. Um, It was an incredible experience. So that's where I really fell in love with human behavior and psychology. Even though I didn't go to school for that, I loved how mindfulness helped you be better and helped your brain and how you could rewire or negative thoughts to positive ones. And, and um, I, I started to think a little bit bigger. When I was managing, I was managing stores. I was a regional manager for the company. And then I thought to myself, like, how do we get this out into the world? Yes. More people need to feel the way that I felt. And I, I went through my own personal growth and transformation within that time because people invested in me and I saw that I was worth the investment. So how do I give this away to people? Yeah. And I mean, that's when I finally put it out into the world. Like, I think I'm going to quit Lululemon, which was my life. I mean, my I remember. Life. Yeah, I was there. Like, I remember this and it was your life. Like, I knew you as that and everyone did like yeah. Jill and Lululemon you know Lululemon it was like such a part of my identity and when I made the big leap of quitting my job and then looking at myself in the mirror which I'm in my bathroom right now I like looked at myself and I said what am I going to do am yeah. I like I never dreamt of being an entrepreneur but I also knew that I had these incredible gifts of being with people and leading people and training people so I felt like where should I start and my my newest role at the time was being a mom and moms are they sacrifice so much they sacrifice their their own well-being to put their families before them and I remember like toggling with that becoming a new mom but I also had these tools that I learned in yoga and through all of my personal growth and my, my personal growth journey that I in order for me to be the best whomever 
whatever, wife, friend, mom, mm-hmm. boss. And what did that look like? Self-care, meditation, yoga, whatever it is. Um, I just wanted to teach other moms that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started. I started on the road of moms, like moms, yeah. <laughs> I want to help them. I want them to prioritize at least one hour a day to mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And whether that be a walk or a, a podcast that they listen to, I wanted to inspire them to see that they um, are so much more than their identity and so much yeah. more than a veil that they wear. So I started for probably a year talking to moms and doing workshops and trainings and going in to um, speak on stages. It was so fun. And um, I'll never forget that. That's where we kind of like now we're entering where I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, these moms were so adorable. They're like, this is fantastic. We love this. Yeah, we'll try it on. We don't know how good we're going to practice it, but yeah. we'll try. Um, and they were like, would you ever be interested in doing any of this stuff for girls? And I was like, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because I remember being a teenager myself. <laughs> you know, I was terrible. Totally. I was too. It was bad. Right? I'm yeah. like, no yeah. way. God bless me with two boys for a reason. Because <laughs> oh I was too much. So anyway, of course, at the time I was just in this year and in this phase of life, I just, it was like a buffet year for me. I was like, I'm going to try that. And I'm going to say yes to this. And I, you know, and maybe I'll go back for seconds on that. Um, I'm going to pause you you for a second because just so everyone knows too, Jill and I were actually in a mastermind group together for how long were we in that? Like over a year, year and a half, two-ish? Yeah, Yeah, I'd say like a year and a half. All throughout this exact period that she's sharing right now. So I got to watch her leave Lululemon and then jump into this and try on all these new things and like start discovering and we would meet together with three other ladies and just talk about our fears, our challenges, our business, our vision, our purpose. And it was so like so important to have that like especially during that time for all of us. That was like such an amazing experience. And I love hearing you right now because I get to like think back to those moments I saw this. I was there when you were crying and when you wanted to get a divorce with your husband. And you wanted to quit. Literally my life. I wanted to quit my life. That those meetings were so cathartic and exactly what I needed. It's like you never know. It's like the right people come into your life at the right time and you were the right person at that time for me. Those other three women were the right people for, for, for me at that time. And that's why community is so important. That's why I wanted to come on this platform because I believe in this this yoga community that you're building with these incredible instructors because um, there is there's something inside of us that paralyzes ourselves or we hold ourselves back or we have these fears and other people can help us break through that or we get to borrow their belief because you never once looked at me in those meetings and thought ha, you can't do that no <laughs> I, I was that either yeah I saw it for you at times when you couldn't see it yourself and same for you with me right like it went the other direction for all of us and it's yeah. so important totally. so okay so back to that so you were yeah. exploring and then people were saying will you do this with my teen and you're like hell no (laughs) and then I said okay peer pressure yeah until you said yes (laughs) until until I said yes the classic over committer so of course I said yes and I went into dance studios I started working with female athletes and I felt like there was such a, a need to help uh help girl athletes take it to the next level in whatever sport that they were doing. So really working on their mental performance to elevate their skill of whatever that was for them, basketball, soccer, dance, gymnastics, you name it. So I spent most of my entrepreneurial time in that space, working with girls, um, working with teams. And uh, I loved it. That was like, okay, moms, I love you, but dang, do I love working with girls and I guess I almost put um, almost like a a cap on the limit of where I thought teens were capable and I'll I'll explain this a little bit so you know when I was working at Lululemon I was working with adults yes I had like 19 year olds that I was working with but um, predominantly I was working from people from you know 20 something all the way to 60 something so I, I felt like they were able to take the concepts that I would train them on and really 
put them into practice. But then taking the same conversation and applying it to girls who are basketball players or whomever I was working with and tweaking the language a little bit so it made sense for them. And I saw, like, I saw these light bulb moments and these girls were eating up every word I was saying. And then they would apply it and then they'd come back and they were so open to this conversation. I was like, whoa, is this how adults treat like our up and coming generations where we just kind of look at them and we're like, oh, they're just, you know, they're teenagers. Yeah, like they, they can't go there yet. Yeah. And we put these limits on them based off of probably what we've experienced and what society and the norms and all of that. So um, to be able to now be a voice for these teenagers to say like, dang, they actually, they, they're very capable. If we give them the space to step into that. So what are the things that you were starting to implement and like give them these tools, these nuggets, and then they'd go and implement? Um, We would talk about what a fixed mindset is versus a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, I would make them journal about their limiting beliefs. So talking of like the the self-talk, that negative voice, developing their Mm self-awareness so that when they mess up on the court or on the field or when they're doing their dances and they mess up on a turn or whatever it is, and they catch themselves going down, you know, the the rabbit hole that we all go down. um, How do you catch it quicker to then bring it back to who are you? Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we work through the limiting beliefs and actually put your values um, in front? of you. So when you go down the, the, the hole of shame, guilt, spiral, spiral, how do we then say, how do you get there quicker so that you can move forward versus staying in the past or um, just staying where you are? So gratitude, journaling, uh, mindful, tons of mindfulness, like your intention and how you pay attention and your attitude. What can you control? What can't you control? Mm. And it was like these light bulb moments and almost like these girls were starting to break, like break free of what's Mm. been paralyzed them. Oh my gosh. I just got chills. Like that is so incredible because we didn't learn these tools until later in life. And what if we learned them younger at that age? Like just imagine how helpful that could be. Right. It is. is. So it was like, these were like little breadcrumbs for me that I kept collecting. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and sports weren't happening. School wasn't happening. And that's where I was like, what do I do now? Yeah. Okay. What do I do? So, um, so really quick too. So pre-pandemic, you were only working with teens that were athletes, right? Yeah. Female teen okay. athletes. Yep. Got it. Okay. All right. Keep going. Um, I had parents reach out to me. Are you doing anything? And I was like, I don't know. I, I mean, like I'm kind of learning the world of zoom and I had a kindergartner at the time. So I'm doing homeschool and I eat. It was too much for me. So school ended. I then was able to, I was a regional manager at Lululemon. I was, I I led teams. I used to bring all of my store managers on a call. Like I can lead a call, quit sitting down on yourself and like get into action. There are girls who need you. Yeah. Jill. I then was like, okay, as opposed to me only focusing on athletes, what, 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 what if I create a space for all girls? If I just say, I'm going to take, X amount of middle schoolers and X amount of high schoolers. Doesn't matter who they are. And I'm just going to run two calls. It's going to be four weeks long and I'm going to call it Camp Social. One hour a week. We meet at the same time for four weeks. And I was like, I'm putting it out there. Mm-hmm. And I had an amazing response. Granted, did I <laughs> did I do it last minute? Like I was like, I'm going to throw this together in a week and I'm going to start it next week. Yeah. So even though it was last minute, I had 14 girls sign up. Oh my my goodness. I know. So that's where in my head, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to leave these calls by myself. I'm going to bring my friends in. I was thinking about you, Taylor. I'm like, I'm going to bring in Mary, all the girls who are in our mastermind. We're going to press me on there and um, give them what it looks like to have female support. So I feel like, you know, at that age, when you're a teenager or you're in your tweens, like that middle school age, you're like, oh my gosh, girls are mean or you're comparing yourself. I'm like, I want to show these girls what it's like to have 
of like-minded women or girls that support them. So Mary was the first one. I was like, come on in, girl. Mary, jump on, jump on in. I literally called her, said, do you want to do this? She's like, yes. When is it happening? I said, tomorrow. Like, (laughs) didn't give her any notice. Of course. Okay, let's do this. So here we are. We run this call. We get off the phone and it was electric. That's when that's when I felt like our stars aligned. The universe brought me her for a reason. Everything is happening for a reason. And her and I were like, whoa, you were good. I was good. The girls were good. And here's yeah. the crazy part. I was starting to get text messages from the parents. Who's this Mary woman? And my daughter loved her. Does she have a social media handle? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hi, it would be dumb of me if I didn't take this as a sign. Yes. Oh my gosh. And the two of you together, just like what you create together, your energies together is magnificent. So I, yes, I love this. I love this story so much. We end camp social. We, I was like, Mary, I'm not inviting anyone else. Do you want to take the calls with me? So at the end of camp social, we were like, we're not done. This felt so good. Like that was just what we needed to say. Like maybe it's just like a fun thing that we do. Cause she's, she's a, a, a trainer full time. And, and I was running my business and we were like, I don't know, should we do this? But we, we were called and we, and we acted on that calling. So a month or two, about like a month and a half later, I looked at her and I was like, I'm ready to get rid of my business. And I would love to go into business with you. If this is something that is on your heart and you want to pursue. And here we are six months later, um, we mentor middle and high school girls, no matter who you are and developing them through self-awareness, self-confidence, and self-worth. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And once you two made that decision, I've just watched you just take off with it. Like you have ran with fire and like, yes, it's incredible. Hey, yoga teacher. So we all know it's been a really chaotic, crazy, and challenging time for everyone. And the world needs you now more than ever. I'd love for you to join me in my upcoming online trauma-informed yoga teacher training, February 20th and 21st. I believe every yoga teacher should have an understanding of trauma and how it impacts the mind and body. Every single person has experienced some form of trauma in their life, which means your students show up to yoga knowingly or unknowingly with trauma, PTSD, and chronic stress. Understanding how to teach yoga with a trauma-informed lens can only help you better serve your students, your clients, and your community. This training is held online, which means you can join in from anywhere in the world from the comfort of your own home. Register and secure your spot on my website at taylorrayyoga.com. Now, back to the episode. Okay, so question. So now you are working with middle high school aged. Like, who are you working with though? Like, who's showing up? What kind of teen girls? And how are they finding you? How are you finding them? Um, And really, like, I guess my question with that is, like, what are they going through? What challenges and common themes are they experiencing that you're helping them with? We are noticing, so the girls, so predominantly we are finding, honestly, like, so social media, it's a blessing and a curse, but through Instagram is where we're really communicating to the parents. Like our, the the people that we want to work with, we know the parents have to see us first to say, Hey, this is something my daughter needs. And then they reach out to us. So Instagram is where um, we're talking to the parents. And then on TikTok is a whole nother beast, but that's really where we're going to be talking to the girls. Parents are finding us on Instagram. And then really it's been a lot of word of mouth, which we're so blessed um, to to have like people believe in what we're doing and sharing it with friends and family. Mm -hmm. So the girls that, um, that we are working with, they there's been a shift within the last year that their parents have noticed. So it's um, their personalities, something in them, like their light, their essence almost has dimmed because of the past year. Because so, of the pandemic. Exactly. Yep. I'd say 100% of the people that we've worked with, that has been the culprit of what has, has really transpired over the last year. Girls not being able to access their friends, 
friends, this whole transition of online school, too much screen time, lack of motivation. There's um, spouts of depression and anxiety. Um, Sports have completely stopped. So it's been a lot. And families are like, what? We want to help her. We've tried to have these conversations, but we just don't know. We just don't know what else to do. Right. So we like to say we're like the lily pad in between therapy and you trying to to have the conversation at home. So it's like you guys as parents have the conversation at home. If nothing's transpiring or if you're not seeing the results, then like take a step with us. Um, And then, you know, go if therapy, which a lot of the girls we actually work with have come um, or who they're either in therapy or they've come from therapy. And we're just a different, we're just a a, a different landing path for them. Totally. It's a totally different vibe because you're also like hip and cool and fun and funny and you like go into base energetic spaces than you would in therapy. Yeah. Yes. And we're, we're all about it. We're all about therapy, but we're just different. And we're also not clinically trained. We're not licensed. We're, we're, we are like your cool aunt or your cool babysitter that has one, like we've been you. So you, you know, like we can relate, don't judge when we can like get on a girl's level and talk her language. It is like, it's the the floodgates open and it's incredible how much she shares with us. And we don't take that lightly. It's like, thank you. And you've been holding that on for how long? And you're only 14 or 17. This is crazy. And then we provide the tools to help her work through, unpack those things that are really kind of holding her back or dimming her light is like what we like to say. What you call it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and the cool part is like most of the time, everything that we talk about is pretty cyclical. So mm-hmm. we talk a lot about communication and boundaries and leadership and comparison, mindset, mindfulness, everything of values. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Values and decision-making. How do you make a healthy decision? How do you make an unhealthy decision? What does that look like? So we workshop and bring exercises so that girls then can go and play the game, which is what we call life. So we're like, we're your coaches. We're going to repeat, repeat. We're giving you repetition and drills. And then you get to go actually put that into practice. So it's it's been interesting to see how universal girls are. I want to use the word suffering, but that's like really the only word that's coming to mind because they're, they feel isolated and they have no idea how to process it and how to deal with it and how to powerfully move through it or to be okay to sit with it. I am like, I'm just in awe. This is so powerful because when I think back to being a teen myself, right? 15, well, no, 13 is when I started doing drugs because I didn't know how to do everything you just shared. I didn't even know there was any any other way, you know? So to be able to learn these tools, like I, I literally have chills because how impactful and oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I was just going to add one more thing because yeah. when you said 13 and how you started down the path of, you know, you um, experimenting mm-hmm. and, you know, just trying to figure it out, like what feels good, what doesn't feel good, like numbing your emotions, what, whatever that was for you, layer on social media for these girls. So right. what we're what we're dealing with is um, parents oh and not making parents wrong by any means, but we're here to help them, like teach them, hey, that Snapchat is a platform that girls and boys like literally use as a form of communication. That's how they text now. They don't text each other through SMS. You know, like how us old folks do. It is Snapchat. But what else you can do on Snapchat is find your local drug dealers and other people who can buy you booze who are complete strangers through these platforms. Girls go and um, meet people who they don't know. These people now have their location and it just turns into this really scary situation that you and I have never had to deal with before. So it's Mm -hmm. teaching girls like what, again, like let's let's weigh this decision out like what's risky in this and what are the benefits of this so so that they then when they're in that position again they know that this is this is actually harmful um, for my well-being and whoever else I'm going to bring with me and they need those tools because we don't we live in a weird world you know do I have a lot of hope for this world absolutely but I also know that technology can be um, can be scary for parents and for girls 
It's terrifying. And so are you in these conversations, were you realizing that parents really had no idea, like they were not educated around any of the social media platforms? Yeah. And they thought it was because, just this you know, one thing their kids up to yes, and talking to the bestie. Totally. And it is. And it's like, you know, like what we thought, like when we were on AOL or MySpace, yeah. you know, like our parents were concerned yeah. as nearly as much as what parents, you know, have to, to have to worry about nowadays. But we fall in this trap of, um, of not knowing or not wanting to know. And that's mm-hmm. where we just have to make sure parents, it's like, you don't have to be in it or be on on these platforms, but at least know what these platforms are capable of. So you can ask the right questions. I'd love to know, because I know for adults, a hundred percent, and I know it's got to be the same for teens in a different way with social media and how much it really can shift someone's like self-esteem with their own body image, right? In the comparison game. And you know that I like love this conversation around body positivity, body image, like what is happening with teen girls around this because of social media? Oh, my gosh, so much. You nailed the first one. And that is comparing this like false false image of what a female body is supposed to look like. Everything is filtered. It's, it is, we just live in this very disillusioned world and it's not normal for girls to compare themselves not only to um, the people like who, like the celebrities or these big TikTok influencers, but it's the filters. It's like, you know, taking photos of yourself and then sending them to your boyfriend or a guy that you're crushing on. It's like, that's actually not you. And when he meets you in real life, he's going to be like, whoa, you look different. Body image comparison, th- this whole disillusion of what beauty looks like is a massive conversation for us that we bring in with our girls and help her really start to not seek external validation from from the outside world but that's where we hone in and this is where like my yoga practice and teacher training comes into play is like teaching girls to look within how do we how do we not not look for validation um, through all of these platforms and lenses that we have but um, that it, that it starts within exactly like and you said when but, you when you have these conversations, like like you said, before you really started working with teens, you were like, oh, they're just teens. They're not, I'm doing air quotes, like capable, right, of yeah. this work. So when you now do this work and you have these conversations, how are they receiving this? Like, are they like really taking it in and they're like, okay, you're right. I'm going to show up this way now or I'm going to do this work. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, this is where the fire starts like literally <laughs> burning in my bed. I'm like, oh my gosh, more girls need this work because our girls will come feeling so small. And then once we like introduce these concepts and they start working with us and then they come back and celebrate their wins and we start helping them workshop things in their life that helps them feel more like themselves, like the confidence in them and what they share with us is priceless, absolutely priceless. So it, it is it like I'm just thinking of the girl yesterday that we worked with and mm-hmm. she is beautiful. She's 13 and she's in this weird interim phase where her family is just kind of not uh, they're 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 here in Arizona for just a short amount of time and then they're moving to Portland. So she's like, I just I'm not going to really make friends and I don't really want to go to school. And we're like, well, why not? You know, like, what are you dealing with here? Like, or what you don't deal with here is going to guess what show up with you when you move to Portland. So in her mind, she's thinking, well, I I'm going to make all the friends when I'm at Portland and I'm going to have this incredible life and like, right. She's in the future. So it's bringing her back to say like, you're here now. So what can we help you create so that you can like, what, what goals can you set? What plan can we put in place? What practice Mm -hmm. can you be in so that you feel like people in Arizona, like you can find friends here. Cause she just is like, it's just different. Like this is, it's just different. People are mean. And I'm like, hang on, hang on. 
There, 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 yes, there are, but there's also some awesome girls who are like waiting for you. Mm-hmm. So helping her identify what, what, what is her leadership? How does she want to make people feel? And mm-hmm. she was sharing with us, like, I want to make people feel comforted and seen. And, and I'm like, do you do that every day when you go to school? She's like, no. I'm like, okay, what do you do? She's like, I, I mean, they're wearing a mask and she, her eyes are down and right. Like her whole image and essence about her says, don't talk to me. Yeah. But it's helping her see, like, if you stand up a little bit straighter and not, it doesn't mean all day, you know, go, go in school and meet 10 new friends. That's not what we're asking you to do. But what happens if you challenge yourself to have eye contact and just look up as you walk through the halls? And and we taught her how to smile. How do you smile with your eyes? Because you can't smile. With I, just, your I love that. And I was just like, oh, I want to smile right now. And she's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. It's helping, like, she was thinking, like, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not as skinny as these girls here. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, you are. So it's giving her some tools in her tool belt to literally apply immediately and then hold her accountable to it. Yeah, I love that because I love what you said. Like, she's just living in the future, right? About, well, once I move, then it'll all happen. It's just going to happen. Yeah, but like teaching them how to be present right now and show up yeah. in that way right now. That's so important. I love we that. Have, like the grass isn't always greener and where it's greener is where you water it. Going back to like the practices or the, the concept, the, the elements of mindfulness, like what you practice grows yeah. stronger. If you're practicing feeling isolated and not putting yourself on the court, that's what's going to grow in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So water what you have here. And we just get to like, we like to color ourselves the gardeners. We're just the gardener watering and planting seeds and you know, you know, raking and all the things. And then we're like, go and bloom, big yeah. girl. Oh, you go yeah. So since we're talking about, I want to ask another question about what kind of, like when you come together and you celebrate wins with the girls, like what kind of wins are they bringing to you? And they're like stoked about, and then you get to celebrate together. Our favorite thing to celebrate, because really like all you know as a yoga teacher and um, leading your yoga teacher trainings, like everything, it, it, it everything stacks on one another. So when you're in gratitude, you're going to be more positive. You know, it's like, it's all in union, which is like the beauty of yoga. So when a girl can come and celebrate um, what we've taught her over the last four weeks, five weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, but when she can start to know who she is, like we, like a sense of knowing that is the greatest celebration when she's like, Oh my gosh, I was going to go. I, you know, she'll talk about whatever decision she was going to make. And she like walked through this filter of, um, was it a healthy choice or was it an unhealthy choice? And she was like, and it wasn't. So I didn't go in this guy's room because I knew I didn't want to bubble. And we're like, yeah. Like that's you knowing, knowing yourself enough that you didn't need validation from that guy because he probably had ulterior motives. And in that moment, you were like, you were brave enough and courageous enough to like say no. So for her to come back and be like, I did it. And I didn't leave a piece of myself with him. Like I still have my power and that felt good. And we're like, yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. So when girls can like start to really know who they are, it's the greatest thing ever. That's that's our aim every mm-hmm. time we meet with a girl is having her ha- like know herself. A hundred percent. That's that's literally like the biggest gift that you can give someone is helping them connect to their highest self, their intuition, right? Like that's what you're doing. You're helping them at such a young age connect to this space, and that is everything. Everything. Oh my gosh. Everything. Everything. I love that. Because I would have been, who knows where I would have been if I, you know, I, I'm like, I, we just always say like, we wish we had these tools when we were there, like at their age, but we, we had our own life experiences to be here. 
So to be here doing exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And to also let girls know that they're not perfect and it's celebrating progress and not having everything be a certain way and allowing emotions to, to come up and to be with them and learning how to unpack them and starting to like become the best question asker for yourself. Okay. Well, I'm feeling this way. So what do I need to do? And oh, that triggered me. So maybe I need to go do this. It's helping girls um, know that they have the power and other people in their life don't need to drain them of that. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I love that so much. So parents, let's talk about the parents. How involved are the parents in the work you do? Um, Do you communicate with them at all? And how involved are they at home with their daughter doing this work as well? So we say 20% of the girls growth happens with us. And 80% is what happens at home. So even though we're working with the girl, the support of the parents is absolutely crucial. So we are with the girl one hour a week. And then throughout the, the, like, cause we meet once a week for eight weeks. Okay. So throughout that week, we check in. We're like the little, Hey girl, how you doing? Did you have that tough conversation with your mom? Do we need to practice? Do we need to jump on the phone and practice? What's holding you back? What are you being challenged by? So, um, we still get to be the coaches, but mom and dad also have notes from our session that we took and they then get to, and we write parent tips. So, you know, as opposed to maybe approaching a conversation that parents used to breach with their girls, they're learning like, oh, maybe as opposed to me coming at them mm-hmm. a certain way, I now have to ask a question. Hey, so I heard, I heard this week that you learned about personal values. Do you want to share your top five with me? And it's just it's it's teaching the parents alongside the girls to be curious, to be open, to be aware, and to be loving. Mm-hmm. Um, we use the acronym COAL. That's what I remember, like C-O-A-L. Cool. <laughs> so parents okay. need to be in COAL um, yeah. throughout this process with the girls. And um, since it's an eight-week program, we actually jump on a Zoom call with the parents um, at the halfway mark and then at the end mark to like really bring it all together. But the parents are equally as integral of a part as we are and we bring them in we help them answer questions they're the ones on the ground for us so you know I'll I'll have a mom text me and be like hey this week this happened or the boyfriend broke up with her it's like a fire drill over here can you jump on the phone with her so it's really cool to be connected to the family but also let the families know that they are a massive part of the girls transformation I love that so are you texting the, the girls is that how you're doing like quick little communication like do you text each other and you're checking in hey girl what's up yeah yeah you're doing what they do right I love that um, yeah and um yeah and the and then the girls have homework every week too so whatever we talk about in our session is communicated in, in notes as well so that she can go back and reference and and then she keeps a journal so every week the journal comes back to us and we review okay what does your drain enjoy um exercise look like what's draining you what brings you joy Okay, great. What are your values? What bricks are in your pa- your backpack? Let's talk about those bricks. So we do a lot of journaling, a lot of exercises. So that's another piece that girls love is having that almost be a diary for them. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a good, here's a question for you. What have you discovered about yourself through working with teen girls? Like what gift has it given you as Jill today? Personally, I, um, so having Mary on my team now, I've realized how small I played when I was working by myself. Mm. I realized that I needed Mary to fully activate my gifts and not Mm. making myself wrong or feel bad for that. But oh my gosh, I'm like, oh gosh, no wonder why this has exploded. It's because I'm living in my full potential. So that's what I have felt for myself, but for my girls, I have this uncanny ability to relate to them, to connect with them, to build trust quickly and make it not about me, but relate in a way that I see her, that I know what she's going through and that it will be okay. Like not coddling too much, but like loving her through the hard stuff and girls just spill their hearts out to me. And I'm like, Oh, you're 13 and you can tell 
tell me these things. And I feel honored because I'm not a spy. I'm not spying to go tell mom and dad. There's a, a trust that she has an adult to share this with. And then I filter what I need to filter, of course. Um, and I have to report what I have to report in the appropriate time. But it's definitely a gift, a God-given gift that um, I'm like, whoa, this is this is really powerful. And I'm, I'm excited to continue to explore it. I love that, Jill. How beautiful that once you and Mary joined, I mean, you needed to go through everything you went through. But once you and Mary joined, it was like that little piece, that big piece, really, that like just you took off with, right? Like it gave you permission in a way, or it gave you something about it, right? Charged you to step into it fully. And that is like, that's incredible to have found that with your partner, with your business partner. And I just like, I bring it back to yoga too. I'm like, yoga, you guys who are watching this, yoga can, it doesn't always have to look like teaching a class. It can look like however you want it to look, but trust me, the foundation of yoga is the foundation of this company of girls mentorship. And it is, I am so grateful for what yoga and meditation and mindfulness has given me because um, it's given me this platform to reach a totally different demographic Mm -hmm. and not only girls, but families and what a blessing yoga has been for my life and Mm -hmm. for the future of what is to come. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that is a really good segue into this next question. So now, right, we're kind of talking about where podcast is specifically for yoga teachers. And I love that you said teaching yoga doesn't have to look like teaching a class. It doesn't have to look like showing up to teach a one hour flow class, let's say, because what Jill is doing, what you're doing is you're teaching the mindset work, the lifestyle, like the literal taking the yoga practice off your mat into your everyday life, into every moment. And that is yoga. That's yoga. That's yoga so much more than stepping onto your mat for an hour moving your body. So being able to expand into what's possible beyond if all we think is I'm a yoga teacher, which means I need to show up and teach this way. But maybe that's not your way. Maybe that's not your work or your purpose as a yoga teacher. And that's cool. Yeah. So like expanding what we believe is possible and how we want to share this practice with the world, right? So I ask you this question because again, this is for yoga teachers. And I do know so many yoga teachers want to create their own brand or business or create an offering that is unique and different from showing up at a studio and teaching for an hour. So what piece of advice do you have for yoga teachers on taking that first step that you've you've done that I've done years ago to shift from your typical look as a yoga teacher into your purpose? Like what piece of advice can you offer? I've thought about this. And I want you all who are watching this, I want you to think about what you're known for. What do people tell you that you're good at? And not that you need, again, that external validation, but Mm. I remember being at Lululemon and people were like, gosh, we just love you training us and you're funny and you're relatable. So it's like, okay, funny, relatable training. Like what are you, what are you good at? That just comes second nature to you. And then the second piece of that is start. What can you do with those things that you can just start? And that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean get in front of a class if you don't want to get in front of a class and teach a yoga class. Maybe it's jumping on reels and, you know, showing people on Instagram, like who you are, what you're known for. And you need to start that way. Or maybe it is going to a real estate company and leading them through some type of work around mindfulness, because that's been a part of your past. And you know that people in real estate like need this work or whatever it is. So it's what are you good at? What if people, what are you known for? And then just do it. Yeah. So many free platforms to not do that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Just taking action is like one of the biggest things because messy action is just how we get started. Right. It's so important. And I'll never forget Taylor. When I first started my idea, I wanted to work with moms and I was like, okay, should I like lead a workshop? Okay. I know how to like curate content. I know how to do that, but where? where am I going to go? And I had someone once tell me, go somewhere where people will tell you yes. 
So where is that for you? For me, when I wanted to lead a mom workshop, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, my Lululemon family would always say yes to me. Yeah. So I started there. And from there, it gave me the confidence then to go to all of these mom groups and mops at my son's preschool and pitch them. So start where someone's going to tell you yes. Yeah. Such a good piece of advice. Just to get started, that's really good to... Because like you said, that's where we build the confidence to say like, oh, like I could do this. Like I did this. And now I can do it again somewhere else. And you just keep building it and growing it. So yeah. Okay. So I ask everyone this question because you're doing such important, powerful work serving others. So what does your own self-care look like? What are your top three non-negotiables to fill up your own cup so you can continue to show up and serve the work that you do in this world? Non-negotiable number one. Um, I put myself first. Like period done. I know what I need to be the best version of mom, business partner, running a business, coach, wife, you name it. And I have to work out for at least one hour a day. Yeah. So that is non-negotiable number one. Now, if I can't work out, non-negotiable number two is I never skip an eyebrow appointment and I never skip a hair appointment. Those two things, like me feeling good makes me like that is self-care in my life. Yeah, I love that. If that doesn't happen on a weekly basis, because come on, I am not made of money, honey. Um, (laughs) Non-negotiable number three is um, one night a week. It's Friday nights. Right. And you guys can imagine I have like, I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love being with people. But on Friday nights, how I like to recharge is family movie night. So every Friday, my husband, me, the kids, we either go to dinner, we bring dinner in and we turn off all the lights. I'll have a glass of wine and it's family time. And that is like sacred to me where the next day, like we can pack our schedules, we can do kid activities. So those are the things that keep me sane. I love them. I love that they're all so different from each other too. Like they're filling different, totally different like needs and pockets in your life. And I love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? What's your Instagram handle? And I promise y'all, you definitely want to follow their Instagram because they are incredible and fucking funny. <laughs> oh man, we think you're funny. And then we're like, I don't know, do other people? I oh, do. You guys. Well, humor is one of our core values, humor and fun. So it's, it has to show up in what we do. So where you can find us, me, um, is at Girls Mentorship. So not weird spelling, no Z's spelled the same. So G-I-R-L-S-M-E-N-T-O-R-S-H-I-P on Instagram and Snapchat. Our website is girlsmentorship.com if you want to browse services and programs. And that's it. And did I say TikTok? Yeah. Okay. We're on TikTok too. We're tackling that beast, but showing up more for girls. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So IG, TikTok, girls mentorship. That's the website also. We have a question too. I just want to make sure is answered. What's the average age that you teach? Is it closer to 13 or all ages? Someone asked. Um, so middle school age, we start from 12 all the way to 18. So the youngest girl that we're currently coaching is 13. The oldest girl that we're coaching is 18. So you really get it within that whole range. Yeah. yeah. And we're on, we're trying to figure out other programs. So right now it's one-on-one, um, okay. solely one-on-one, but we're trying to figure out again, how do, how do people find us and get value for free? So podcast on the horizon. Um, how do we do group coaching stuff? Um, so people can find us in all walks of their life because, um, it's needed. It's needed. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'd love to stay connected with you in between episodes. You can find me on Instagram at Taylor underscore Ray Yoga and join the free private yoga teacher circle Facebook group, which is full of some pretty awesome and badass yoga teachers. 